Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss, to just living better and with more energy, or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Okay, so I think we're doing this. Okay, great. Okay, hi, honey. Hi. All right, so where are we right now? We are on a mini break. We're taking a little vacation, and we're in a very nice hotel, doing a little bit of work and doing a little bit of vacation at the same time over the weekend. Very a little nice. bit of play. Yes, very nice. Yes. You're very brown. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably get a real job, shouldn't I? (laughs) (laughs) You guys, it was my hubby's birthday. So we're taking a little mini vacay for the weekend, and it's been really lovely. And we are finally doing the thing that I've been talking about maybe possibly doing for over four years. Wow, four years. Four years. It's been over four years. Well, it takes a long time to prepare for something like this. (laughs) You guys, I'm recording a podcast with my husband. I don't know if this is a good idea, but it's fun. We don't have to air it. That's true. (laughs) We can just save it for the grandkids. Yeah, I'm sure that's just what they want to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, here's your inheritance. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have grandkids, just FYI, just in case there's any confusion about that. Okay, so here's what I thought we would do. People have been asking me relationship questions for a long time. And, you know, it's natural curiosity, but I think we all know that I've never posed as a relationship expert in my actual life. (laughs) Why are you laughing? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but... I will say, I've been madly in love with you for a really long time. Well, that makes two of us. And we've been married for, we're in the double digits. We are, we are. So I think we can share a few things. Here's the deal, though. I'm going to be really honest because it's, you know, what I do. I think it's really obnoxious when people bring their partners on the show, because a lot of people do this from time to time, because it's super interesting. I mean, it's interesting. It's like being a fly on the wall in somebody's relationship. And I think that's, I think that there's, I mean, I always want to listen, but I'll be super straight with you. They make it sound like it is sunshine and roses all the time. Well, the photographs probably don't help. What do you mean? Well, you know, whenever you see one of these, you know, you show me these these podcasts that people do, and everybody is smiling and sitting on sofas or on lounge chairs, just, just giggling to one another, which is, you know, yeah, everybody has a little giggle now and again, but like, I don't think everybody's life is revolving around giggling on lounge chairs. So, Okay, I, you want to know something hilarious? What's that? If we Look go, in the mirror right now. Oh, yeah, we're giggling. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I hate it when I laugh my big, huge laugh right into the microphone. I'm so sorry, but we're literally snuggled on this little tiny blue love seat. But we don't actually have a photo shoot going on. At the yeah, same we're time. not photographing yeah. ourselves no, because it's not one. pretty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's hilarious. Mm. No, but you're right. And everyone, I mean, I'm not trying to do a disservice to everyone who's ever had their partner on the show. That's not fair. But I do think that one of the things that I love about my community and this community is that we just tell the truth. So I thought it would be fun to talk about kind of keeping it real in a long-term relationship. You don't have to be married for the show to be relevant to you, but just kind of some of the things we figured out, because honestly, we've done a lot of work. I mean, like a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's that's a part of the, the journey, right? I mean, that's what makes it worthwhile. And that's what makes you want to keep doing it because you've invested so much into it. 
Is that is that what it is? You're like, God, I've done a lot of oh work on this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if I give this up now, I've got to start all over again. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> no, you're ruined. You're ruined for all women. Mm. You know what happens if I die, right? Like if I die young. Is that that is that that room that you've built at the back of the house? No, no, no. I literally carry a tiny piece of paper around in my purse that says, Jimmy did it. Yeah. So that if I die, you can never marry again. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. So, so firstly, you said you weren't going to mention my name. So that, that's out the window. I'll bleep you out. I'll bleep you out. Okay. So yeah, I didn't actually introduce my gorgeous husband and that's because he has a life. But I mean, you're not on social media anywhere. So it's not like people are going to go jump on your Insta feed or anything. No, that is true. (laughs) But if you do get an Instagram feed, can we just take cute pictures of us snuggled on the blue sofa? If you don't stop shaking, honestly. Sorry. Hey, you guys, is one of you in your relationship a fidgeter? Because my husband's fidgeting and shaking me. (laughs) Issue number one, when one of you is a fidgeter. Uh, Now it starts. Okay. All right. We've set the boundaries for this conversation. We promise to tell you the truth and to not make everything sound like it's perfect and easy. But I have to say, you hate it when I say this, but I'm just going to say it. How's that for starting off on the right foot? (laughs) Good. Can't wait to hear what's next. (laughs) I think, honest to God, I think parenthood and marriagehood are the two hardest jobs that we have in life. I really, really do. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you have a child, you can't help it. You're going to love that child to the end of time, no matter what they do. Marriage is the hardest job that I want to be good at. I think so. Well, the children thing kind of evolves. You get to a point where, you know, we had the issue with our son like the last couple of days where he does something that is just absolutely incredible, not because it was an, a- an athletic event or something they did at school. He just, just being a good human. He just wrote a letter to somebody and you looked at it and you go, well, where did that come from? Because it was just truly phenomenal. And then the next day he leaves a key in the door to the front door all night and you're <laughs> like you're like well hold on how do those two things but that's kind of what being a parent is all about is the ups and the downs i guess so parenthood's overrated are we being uh, honest no, absolutely absolutely <laughs> just kidding okay 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 just kidding sort of wink wink yes nudge nudge okay but marriage requires a choice i think every single day. But I think it's worth noting, and it's a part of our honesty pledge, to just say that like, if anyone gets the impression that you can just find the person who is your person, and then like, you're done, you're done. That was easy. Like, that is such a joke. You're never on the other side of this. Like, I think that you make a choice every single day as to whether you're going to be good at it that day. Well, I think it's kind of like working out, right? It's, it's, you know, there are some people who look incredible. You I mean you would fall in that category? Who, no, you well, you work very hard at it, and people look at you and say, "Wow, I wish I looked like that." It must be so easy for you. But marriage is the same way; is you actually do have to get up and do have to go to the gym or run or do those things. <laughs> it does actually require an effort, and it takes you have to build that muscle. And it's yeah. it's easy enough to say it, and everybody kind of goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I know that." But it's hard. It, it is really hard because it all you need to do is to not is. is to not practice that for a week or so and guess what you're right back to where you were again and so it it takes that constant process to be thinking okay how do i do this and you both have to be involved you can't just be one of you that is so true and i don't know if i knew that like i knew that intellectually 
But I don't think I had, well, I know I didn't. I had never practiced that until we were able to like discover that truth together and be like, oh, wait, okay. There's never a point where it's just easy. And you're like, oh, do you love me so much? Thanks for reading my mind. Or you love me so much. I don't have to work at this anymore. I love you so much. It's just easy and effortless. Anyway, you said it better than I could. I think I'll leave it there. Okay. All right. I'm going to share five insights and I would love to just know your thoughts on them. So let's just riff on them. And then we'll have a lightning round at the end. Okay, perfect. Are you going to ask me anything that I'm not prepared for? I'm going to have to go and look what riff means, but yes, okay. carry on. Okay, okay, carry okay. okay. Yes. All right, one of the principles that I think that we have learned in this thing that we do together called life that has been absolutely marriage-altering for us is to get on the same side of the problem. No matter what the problem is, no matter what the challenge is, that we get on the same side of it. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think many times you are on the same side of it. You just don't realize you're on the same side of it. You're looking at it from a slightly different perspective. So if it's a money issue or if it's a child rearing issue, that actually you both want the same thing. You're just trying to get your mind around it from your experiences and then the things that make sense to you to try to explain it. And that may sound completely foreign to somebody to the other person, even though you are exactly trying to get to the same point. And that becomes very, very difficult to see somebody else's opinion. I mean, we see this all the time, right? It's how do we get there? And that's, I think, marriage is the epitome of that, is really agreeing on we both want the same thing, but we have to understand that everybody has a different way of getting there. Yeah, well... (laughs) I always have a different way of getting there, like literally (laughs) always. Um, And you're going to explain that to me now, right? I can't. Well, no, no, no. I came up with two analogies to make this, to, to bring this home to kind of resonate with people. The first one is if like, I just picture someone getting into a fender bender, right? Picture a woman, a wife, she gets into a fender bender and everybody pulls over, nobody's hurt. And she's like, my husband's going to kill me. And I'm, I'm just like, why is your husband going to kill you? Like you both have the same problem. Right. You had a fender bender. It was an accident. Life happens. And you should both be on the same side of that problem and deal with the boring stuff that happens when something like that happens. Mm -hmm. So now magnify that. You just said an issue with the kids. I think that's huge. Or an issue with all the big topics, money, sex, whatever, right? So financial issues, I think a lot of people feel a pressure or they feel whatever their feelings are. And they pit themselves or family issues. Oh, my goodness. Like family relationships. And they put themselves on two sides of a fence. And the fence is the problem. And when I realized in my brain, I was like, no matter what the issue is, we are on the same side of the fence. The problem becomes the thing that the two of us have to manage together. I don't know, just sort of almost visually that really, really helped me. And, and also probably just because I, I have a trigger. One of my triggers is like, I'm an island. I'm a rock. I don't need anyone. I'll just handle this myself. And, and then when I was like, nope, got to put myself on the same side of the fence with the person I chose to partner with for the rest of my life. And it's the two of us against the thing. Well, I think that's a good point. Because if you think about, I mean, everybody is listening right now. You got a bunch of rock stars out there, right? And they uh, are rock stars. Well, they really are because they can handle all this stuff and they can do it all on their own. And if they were put on an island and told, go do that, they could because they do it in many ways on their own, you know, when they have to go deal with the kids or go to work and deal with issues at work mm-hmm. or do what, or whatever it is that, that everybody out there is, is, is dealing with. They do that every day. But the point is when you're in a partnership, when you're in a marriage, it's a shared responsibility and it's a shared goal. So therefore you feel a responsibility 
difficult if things don't go well to try to explain it, to try to to kind of get the other person to see why it didn't actually work the way that you had wanted it to originally. And that just creates conflict, I think. Um, and that's when you have to be kind of like, hold on, exactly to your point, we're on the same side of this. What are we trying to do? So you don't have to defend something. It's kind of like, as you do very, very well, you say, this is not actually an issue. It's actually, let's just get to a solution. And I think that's... that's. You know, I always do that. Not always. <laughs> I'm more attracted time. to conflict than I am to harmony. But it's getting to the solution. It's getting to the solution at the end of the day. And that is the important piece. Yeah, because I realize that my ego is so much less important than wanting to actually be in harmony with you. I, I think one of the biggest issues we we all have is wanting to be right and that's certainly on, on on my side what is wanting is is because because i am right but other than that no but um but i think that there's who an, doesn't want to be right right who it's, wants to be wrong yes but at the end of the day you were trying to do the right thing and that sometimes gets muddled when something doesn't go well well and you want someone to blame a lot of the time and mm-hmm. who better than the person that you're closest to i mean all the things right, right. all the things all yeah. the things that make us human Um, make that hard. So, okay. So that's my first one. Get on the same side of the problem. Way easier to say, way easier to say than it is to do, especially if you're angry. Well, and I would add a little bit to that actually is I certainly find it difficult in that situation when things are not going exactly swimmingly is that you don't listen. You don't listen to what the actual other person is trying to say and actually see their perspective. And it's also easy to say it when everything's calm and everybody's talking uh, reasonably about something. But when you have ego earmuffs on. Yeah, ego, that's a very good way of putting it. Ego earmuffs. That's exactly it. Hashtag ego earmuffs. I just made that up. Yeah, that's awesome. So being able to kind of put your ego on hold and just to say, hey, I got to listen to this. You know, when that little voice inside you wants to scream is to say, let me listen and let me truly understand what's being said. You know, I literally just read today that one of the best things you can say to somebody you care about is, I heard what you just said. Right. It, maybe you repeat a little bit of it so they believe you. It's very fa- Well, it's, that's the Oprah thing, right? Because that's what Oprah know. does. Is that Oprah? Oprah's Oprah's way of uh, interviewing is she repeats back to you what you just said. So God, she can, you're so good at so this. So she can work. Well, <laughs> it makes me think of watching Oprah one <laughs> afternoon. But no, is uh, which probably in college I did. But it's the same thing is that repeating it back makes people realize that they've been listened to and there's a degree of understanding. Yeah, because when you don't feel heard or you feel misunderstood – it's anybody's game. Yeah. I mean, that's all. That's so frustrating. That's not a trigger for me at all. No, I never have that issue. Absolutely, it must not. be difficult for the people that do. No, it is. Don't yeah. laugh. I'm, I'm not. Okay. Just <laughs> ironically smiling. <laughs> okay, good. They can't see that. Good. Okay. The second thing. This one is not quite as meta. All right. Mm-hmm. But this one is look at them from afar, like observe your partner from afar. And what I mean is almost literally, I mean, I really do mean it literally, but create situations where you can see your partner, your spouse, your significant other, you can see them doing their thing. You can see them being a human outside of you. So like if you were doing a speaking engagement, I would love to go sit in the audience and watch you do that, like watch you do your thing. But even just at a cocktail party or something, watching you, like observing you chatting with somebody else across the room, like it feel, it makes, it fills me with pride. Like it makes me, it makes me really proud of you. And like, that's my man over there. And then if you're talking to another woman and she like touches your sleeve, then I come over. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, if that scenario ever happens, I'm going to enjoy it. No, honestly, I think it's sexy when other people find you charming. And people do, in fact, find you charming. Really? They do. Yes. Very good. Very good naivete. Very good. Thank you. Okay. But I think it's very sexy. I think it's very appealing. But also just, I mean, honestly, just observing and respecting the fact that your significant other, I'm having trouble with the words, but they are a human. They were a human before you. They were an independent, interesting person that attracted you in the first place. They're still an independent human. And they will be even if you're not there anymore. And it's so easy to forget that. Well, I think it's a, a... Every person is, you know, has multiple personality characteristics, and many times we get really um, caught up in the fact that he's leaving his socks around the, the bedroom. She is not doing the dishes when she, or uh, he's leaving a wet towel on the bed. No, it never happens. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but but those types of things can very very quickly become the focus of everything in your own brain. And I'm not saying this is what happens in your conversations because many times it becomes like you become resentful because it's happened and you don't want to mention it anymore and it just builds and builds. But I think that what you you have to see is people are multidimensional. Everybody is. And to start to look at some of those pieces that you may have forgotten about um, and, and are not recognizing and spend a little time focusing on those. I think that's a very, very good point. It's, it's something that is super important, especially when you're getting into that period where both of you are busy and you start to just concentrate on what's not getting done. Looking at those types of things, I think, are critically important that remind you of the good times and the things that that, that you're working back towards. Yeah, it's super <clears throat> easy to see each other as roomies. Yes. Especially when life happens. Yeah. You know, you just get busy. We're busy. Everybody's mm-hmm. busy. And when you find yourself in roommate territory, like, wow, you got to break that. You got it. You got to do something. And that leads me to our next principle, okay. which is simply called flirt, date, touch, kiss. How do you feel about that? I think that is the absolute formula for a great marriage. (laughs) Flirt, date, touch, kiss. There's a reason I'm not saying sex here. And that's because sex is actually a hang up in so many relationships and people get stuck there and they, they create narratives around that. And it like, honestly, it's a big issue in a lot of relationships. I want to zoom out and say, let's talk about flirting. Let's talk about dating. Let's talk about touching and kissing. Like treat your partner like you are dating them. I mean, even just in the morning for five minutes, like muster up the ability to flirt and to touch and pinch their butt in the kitchen or something like that, that breaks you out of that roommate territory. I, I, well, I think out of all those, touching is the most important piece because it always makes me laugh and I'm not quite sure where the kind of scheduling of sex occurs. But when, whenever I hear about it and you hear different people talk about it, you see it. Some I've t- talked about it. Have you? Oh, have you? So, I've never a, put it on our calendar well, uh, before. That's all right. That's good. It's more of a mental thing. <laughs> that's good. I don't know where you'd fit it in on our calendar, but that's good, good luck with that. I think it's, it's, it's critically important because – That, to me, sex is the piece that occurs um, as the result of all the other pieces. That's exactly right. That was exactly my point. Because sex becomes, it, it just, it's such a huge issue. It's such a trigger issue. Sex, money, kids, family, right? It's so much easier to not even go there, but to focus on the flirting, the dating, the touching, and the kissing if you find yourself in a bad way there. 
and you're not sure where to start, break the dry spell, reach out, touch, kiss, say something flirty, text something flirty if you can't get the words out. You know what I mean? I just, this is obviously not a struggle area for us I, because we're very touchy. We're very flirty. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't like, I don't really, you know how people do date night? Yes. That's not a term that we use, but I think we're, I think we absolutely make spending time just the two of us a priority, even though there are kids in the picture. Absolutely. I, you come first. And the reason you come first is because if I don't get this right with you, then how do I have a household where I'm taking care of a family? Well, I, I, this, this gets into dangerous territory, I know, but I think that, that the good behaviors of parents and showing love to each other is what the best thing that you can ever do as a, as a parent, showing your kids that. If your kids see that, they're going to model that. Yeah. It just is the way it works. And I think that if they see you working as two separate satellites that never touch or never really interact and are roommates, I think that's, that's a learned characteristic yeah. that they're going to take forward. They may become very affectionate with, you know, with their partner. Partner, um, I'm not saying that it's the, you know, that it's going to absolutely lead to that, but I think it really, really helps when kids see that. And it doesn't need to be that you're, you know, all over each other, hugging each other. It means just putting your hand on their back. It means touching their hand when they're going into a restaurant. It just, those types of things make a big difference. Kids see that stuff. Yeah. Kids see it and they react to it and it makes them feel secure and grounded. And that I think is one of the most important pieces of what you're talking about here. Well, and I really like it. So never stop. I would. I would. <laughs> Our kids are almost gone. So, I mean, you know, perhaps we don't need to do it anymore. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think it's very critical. Very, very important. Okay, let's do one more insight and then we'll move into some lightning round stuff. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Self-awareness. This is probably one of the most important things that I've learned actually in my, in my, just in my life in general, Mm -hmm. but also in trying to be a good partner to you is that I'm not 50% responsible for the success of this relationship. I'm 100% responsible for me in this relationship. And you are 100% responsible for the pieces that you're responsible for. Meaning, if you claim 50% responsibility, which is a very easy way to think, then you always have an excuse for 50% of a relationship. Meaning, you're like, I'm doing my bit. He's not, he's not carrying his weight. If he did this, then I would do that. Does that make sense? It does. I, I think the difficulty there with it is that if you have a partner that is not like int- interested and doesn't do that, there, there's a feeling that, that the entire time you're putting all the effort in and there's nothing coming back. But I think many times that some people, and I've certainly fallen into this, everything that you're doing, you say, well, I've tried as hard as I can to do everything. But at the end of the day, you've been doing the wrong things. And that to me is, is where it becomes very, very difficult. Uh, I, I certainly agree in the kind of relationship that you and I have. I think that, you know, I think both of us, the thing that we have learned as we have got, as, as we've kind of matured as a married couple is you do have to put a hundred percent in both of you. You can't just sit there and just say, you know, meet, meet me in the middle here. You, you really have to do, you have to be the willing to, willing to say in an argument like, okay, hold on. I'm going to be the one to hug you and say, let's stop. I don't necessarily agree with you, but let's stop arguing. Let's let's take a break here. Let's just hug this out and come back and talk about it when we've got kind of a little more rational. 
when you don't have somebody who is willing to do that, there's probably bigger issues there. And that's the piece I think it's it's too easy to kind of give the advice of just give it 100% because some people are just not giving anything in return. And I think that's very, very difficult. Yeah, no, because then you're on a seesaw and you're sitting on the ground because they just got off. Right. And I do not have the, the, you know, the understanding of how you deal with that type of situation because I've never had that with you it's always been that you've given i mean you give 110 percent. sometimes in, maybe a little bit more than the situation calls for <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it no but you feel very very passionately about these things and and it's very quick for you to say hold on let's let's get this back on track no we are doing we are both doing that and that is a trick that is a marriage hack that we yeah. have fairly recently learned and that is that no matter how angry because we're both fiery like you're so much calmer and cooler and more collected than i am in general but when we get fired up we're both fiery is that fair Uh, i would say that's very fair one thing that we've learned i'm just putting it out there i think it's helpful like if somebody else can learn this faster than we did good on them learning the power of taking the 10 minute break because you get so fired up and like who can just in the middle of being fired up just be like you know what I feel that I'm not being responsible with my emotions right now. Like that doesn't happen. But the power of that 10 minute break, we have learned to take a time out. And it's never like, I need a time out. It's more like, I need a time out. <laughs> yes. And I think it, it's it's saying that and not just storming off because I yeah. think storming off can just be that that just leaves everybody just just completely but anxious. If you did storm off hypothetically, if you did allegedly, if, if reportedly, one, if one of us did just hypothetically now and again, and the other one took the 10-minute break, and then the other one... Calmly, coolly, in a British accent, Came said, downstairs yes. and was like, I think this is silly, and we should hug and then try and talk again. In a British accent. Right, hypothetically. Just if that happened that way. That could be a powerful thing to do. It might be. Okay. All right. So anyway, moving on. I think it's time to move on. <laughs> is it warm in here? <laughs> Okay, let's do a lightning round. I'm going to hit you with some questions. Somebody asked us in Instagram, how do you cultivate intimacy? That's easy. (laughs) How do you cultivate? Okay, I've got an answer. I've got an answer. All right, okay. Okay, that is going back to touch, flirt, date, kiss. Yes, yeah. Like, you just can't be jumping into intimacy. I mean, men can. I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to go super stereotypical. Men can just leap right on to intimacy, and women are like, hello, I would appreciate a little bit of touchy, a little bit of flirty, a little well, kissy. So so this is interesting because when you said that, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I realized I was probably having pretty a standard male response to that. Like, what is intimacy? Like, like but... <laughs> But I do understand this is... Well, I made it a code word for sex, but it's really both. Well, no, but it's true because because males, when they are turned on or when they're feeling intimate, as you... Well as, you, as you But thank you. Yeah. Um, then it's kind of like, you know, all right, this is... This is you go know, time. Here we go. <laughs> you know, it's like I got stuff to do here. So, you know, that's kind of how males... I, you know, and that's, that's being stereotypical, but I think a lot of males... Oh, do let's let it. Let's let it sit. Yeah. It kind of is. So, you know, all the individuals who are now shaking their head or nodding their head, depending on, you know, which side of the the fence you are on this one. Yes. I mean, you're right. I mean, intimacy, I don't, I shouldn't make it a synonym with sex because truly like intimacy is about small gestures. Well, but I think it's also about the fact that you have to realize what your partner needs 
to feel intimate. And when you actually make the connection as a, as a male, that it actually involves a process, a degree of time to actually feel connected. And that may just be just whether what you're talking about. It might involve emptying the dishwasher. I'm dead serious. Yes, absolutely. It, but it's not something that just sometimes is just going to be just something that is passionately occurring. Well, know, it can. On the spot. Well, it can. I mean, it may have. Was what I said. It may have. How's your weekend? <laughs> Sorry, I crossed a line. Okay, that's good because the next question um, that also came from Instagram is how do you show appreciation and love? And I think that these two tie so closely together because the way I wanted to respond to the question, how do you show appreciation and love, is with the five love languages. And I'm not, I know I'm catching you cold here, but let me, let me remind you because I know we haven't read it. But I've, st- I've done like cliff notes. Mm. Okay. So the five love languages is an excellent book for anyone in a long term relationship that truly wants to learn to speak their partner's language. And so for me, I know that my two love languages are physical touch and acts of service. Like I need to be pet. Like, so you put your hand on the back of my neck and you touch my back or you, you come up behind me in the kitchen and give me a smooch. You mean like this? Stop it. <laughs> You know, apparently I'm like a cat. I need to be like, I need to be pet on a regular basis. So physical touch is really, really important to me. And so are acts of service. So when you do stuff, it's like a miracle every time something gets done and you do it because that's how much I appreciate it. Like Mm -hmm. it feels, because again, I told you in confession time at the beginning of this, I was like, my tendency is to be like, I am a rock. I am an island. I'll just do it myself. If I want something done, I'll just do it myself. So when you do things for me, everything from folding the laundry to those shelves you put in the attic. That was was hot. Thank you. That was hot. I mean, I seriously was like, how did you know how to do that? Or to carrying all the groceries in at one time. (laughs) You don't understand how easy I am to impress. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think there's an ulterior ulterior motive going on here somehow, but but I know I should be like, and when you iron (laughs) and when you no. Dead serious acts of service is my jam. So well, for you, can I tell you what your love languages are? Well, yes, but okay, yes. You want to talk about me first? Well, no, I was going to say is one of the things that I see, you're very, very good at talking about what those are for you and why it's important. You you have told me over the years that's just something that things that are important to you. It was certainly not in in a way of demanding. It was just saying this is, you know, just so you know. Telling that, you how sexy it is when you empty the dishwasher? Yes, that okay. whole communication thing. Okay, I got yes. you. Okay. But it is and I think I think understanding that because as a male, I, I you know, I'm pretty dumbed down on on kind of seeing what you want and if you tell me it's a lot easier for me to react to that okay women can we just generalize for just a second and confess women spend some period of time for me it was i don't know the first three years of our marriage saying if he loved me that much he should just know if he loves me that much he should just know If he really, truly loves me, then he should be able to intuit every single thing that I need. That is the biggest crock in the world and such a waste of your time and such an opportunity cost. If I could tell me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, something different, it would be to give it up, tell your man what you need, tell your partner what you need, 
and save everybody the time and the trouble and the heartache. Like, that's so ridiculous. What was I even thinking? Well, it's it comes from this Hollywood romance piece, right? And we always laugh about it is... I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, it is a stereotype. It really is. And you see these movies, and we often chuckle about it because we always laugh about the fact that, that what you see on the screen uh, is... <laughs> Not exactly the way that romance occurs, um, you know, in somebody's home, in the bedroom. But, you know, are you thinking about the same thing? I'm thinking thinking about exactly the same thing. (laughs) So, but it's, it's, it is important to realize that that is actually not real life. But we tend to get really um, fixated on that image of what uh, Hollywood or the TV is promoting to us and thinking, well, I, I should be he a mind reader. Sh- he should just know. I mean, I know women who I'm not really gifty. That one of my love languages is not gifts. Yeah. But I know women who that is their love language, gifts. Uh, women and men, sorry. Mm-hmm. And they will cut out pictures of what they want and give it to their husband. And you know what? That's a gift to their spouse, their partner. It's just like literally, here is what I want. If things like that are important to you, you need to tell your partner. Yep. Stop, like, stop trying to make them pass some tests. Sorry, I sound like I'm lecturing. I'm really, like, lecturing old me. <laughs> well, well, I think if now, if receiving gifts is a part of your love language, I actually wouldn't actually give what, uh, you know, what you've just cut out to the person. I would put it into a box that is um, accessible to everybody so that, oh. so that you don't actually have this. You're not like, it's not literal. It's not like, go buy me this. But there's like a little collection area. Yes. I love that idea. Yes. I mean, I don't care because, you know what? Gifts might be like your tertiary love language. I think your two love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch. But I actually think gifts, like you love gifts. You've made me appreciate gifts more. I like to do like, I like to get you things randomly and not tell you about it because I think it's one of your love languages. It's not actually, I love it when you have gone out and figured out that is something that I want, when it's not actually something I've even asked for. Or I mean, How about that mattress I got us? Mattress is pretty cool. <laughs> I like surprised him with a mattress. He's like, yay. Do I get credit? You get a huge amount of credit. <laughs> you know, now the fact it's actually on the bottom of our house, it now has to be moved up to the top of our house. Is yeah, he has it. to carry it. Yeah, like, but that's, but, you know, that's look another Look what way. I got you. No, no, it, it is. Yeah. And I, I love it when you really put some thought into something and just surprised me with it. I mean, the Peloton bike was a very good example of that, which was just stunning. I still can't, you know, I was like... like Can I cruise on that one for a while? Yeah, I'm bad at gifts, yeah, you guys. I'm no, not good that at was, it. That was just the most amazing thing ever and still is. But that's the type of thing that... that Having a gift that is really something that you, that that is useful that you know the other person wanted is an absolutely huge thing in my book. Again, that's my love language, as you said. Yeah, I'm trying to learn your love languages mm-hmm. every day. And words of affirmation is not something that I that's not my strong suit at all. And I think stuff like that. And I I'm very comfortable telling people when I think they're the bomb. I mean, I have no problem with that. But. For some reason, just on the day-to-day basis, I don't think that I'm particularly gifted in meeting your needs, in being the very best, like bringing my A-game to words of affirmation. And then when I get it right, it's so good and it feels so good. So that's what I'm working on right now. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, again, it does. It's something that, that is important to me to, to have somebody say something that is positive, just recognizing when you've done something well. Now that doesn't mean it needs to be false acclamation of, of the things. No, it's not even flattery. No, no it's, it's honoring your partner. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not a flatterer. I don't, 
Like I will walk up to a stranger and tell them that they are rocking that look. And I'm not, I don't flatter. I just tell the truth. (laughs) When I, when I see something that's amazing, I want to tell you whether I know you or not. When you are impressive, I want, I should, I need to work on that. Well, but I think it's important anyway. I find even with, if you have employees, uh, people that Mm -hmm. you work with, Mm -hmm. just saying something when you see somebody do something that oh, it is means so much. It, it just just recognizing it and people sometimes are like oh no if i do that they're just gonna, it's gonna go right to their head no it's i mean not. come on it's really not and uh you I, know what though it's a fear it's a fear of being vulnerable yeah it's not even so people say oh it'll go to their head or well he didn't do that the other day or whatever yeah that's nonsense it's just a, it's vulnerable sometimes to tell someone that they're amazing yeah. or vulnerable to tell them that they're sexy or that they're that you're finding them very attractive right now by the way i'm finding you very attractive right now <laughs> We should do this once a week. Like, we don't need to air it. Once a week? <laughs> this is really working for me. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> what do you wish you did better? I'll go first if you want. All right. What do you wish you did better? Okay. Let's let's go a little lighter here. I Well, actually, no. I'll give you one heavy and one light. My light one is I wish I dressed up more. Not not dress up, but I wish I took pains with my appearance more. I mean, I don't need to wear athletic clothing every day of the actual week. I mean, I could maybe throw on a little lip gloss and put some proper clothes on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and I think, you know, on uh, something else we're going to touch on is going to be some of the things that drive me crazy. So I'm going to, we are, that. is that on here? Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I got a Wait a minute. Hold on, I got pages of it here. No. Um, uh, I think it's great when you dress up, but to be honest with you, it really is not, it's great that Don't you do that. Don't tell me that. Well, but what if I put what if you came down on a Monday and I was in a mini skirt? Uh huh. That's what I thought. That is what I thought. You should have seen what just happened over here. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, I could, I could, I can do better. Well, I think it, if it makes you feel um, sexy, professional, sexy any, any, and professional. Well, we can play that game too if you want. <laughs> um, so, uh, but. What, wait, what? What are we talking about? I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah, but I think it gives people confidence when they dress well, and I think you That's can true. you can see people just just look at people when they go to like a wedding, yeah, and yeah. they they have to dress up, or even when someone goes to church and they dress up, and you see. I know. Them. I mean, sometimes that's the first time I'm dressed that week. I'm not. I'm being honest. Obviously, we both travel a lot for work and do all that, and so obviously, it's not like I don't know how to get dressed up and like put yeah. on a bra. You're right. It's about actually how it makes you feel because then you're kind of bringing your best yes okay so my my heavier one my more important one is i wish i started more positively like i definitely am good at seeing the challenges first and then i have to flip my brain to see the upside and i'm i'm doing a lot i mean i hope it's i hope you can tell that i've worked on that for like you know a decade Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe but that is something that i have to use my muscles to do i have to use my muscles to see things in a positive light First, yes, but I, but I think one of the pieces that has been so successful for us um, in our marriage is your ability to actually cut through the crap and get to the important issues that we need to concentrate on. And sometimes that can be viewed as being somewhat critical, but you certainly work very very hard at having a more positive light on some of our conversations. It's, it has made a huge difference, I think, in the way that 
we talk to each other because the very yeah. fact the very fact that you're putting that out there and trying to do that i know how difficult it is and it kind of makes me realize all the things that i'm not doing well and it makes you both come to that central point you said both trying 100 percent. it makes you try on your piece more more with 100 percent in the way that i'm trying to do things as well well what do you wish you did better i'm dying to know probably mine is listening more um i really? t- i tend to not listen i tend to kind of have my my version of what it is and so i i really want to i want to get that out i want to get my yeah. version out and if it takes me like the entire conversation or argument for me to tell you exactly what i was going to say <laughs> why would it take you that long it's know, like I, you're what are you being interrupted i, I don't know but but uh, <laughs> But, but when I have a very logical way of, yes, of, of of describing and making you understand exactly why I'm so brilliant in the way that I'm <laughs> thinking about this, rather than just realizing that we probably can just move on and that we've both agreed, you know, we're, we're in absolute agreement in what we're actually trying to do here. So that to me is is probably the piece that of, of just taking a breath and realizing that we're already there and I don't need to actually give the Encyclopedia Britannica version <laughs> of my answer. You don't actually need Even though you that. prepared a thesis? Exactly right. Okay. I have a fun one for you. What do I do that drives you crazy? Lightning no, round. What no. do I do that drives you crazy? Okay, done. Moving okay. on. No, there's two things. There's what? T- there are two pieces and it's a very good question because because I thought, how, how would I answer that? Because there are two things that do absolutely just, <laughs> just drive me nutty. I literally I have no idea what he's going to okay. say. The okay. first is you have this habit of if you're not feeling really good about yourself on that day, is you'll say, oh, I just look so fat or um, I need to work out more. And I don't think you realize how beautiful you are. I just I don't think you have any good. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then we have start having this argument about <laughs> me going, what are you talking about? And you're like, no, I really am. And I'm like, no, you're not. And we're like, we're that like, is so dumb. I will literally never do that again. It sounds so stupid when I hear it. It's, it's, I mean, there's a couple of things that you say. And I'm like, wow, seriously? Like, I'm having a hard time receiving what you're saying right now and not disagreeing with you, by the way. Really? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm a girl. When well, it comes true. down to it, I am I, in fact female. Which, which, which everybody is about is allowed to have a bad day and say, oh, I, I you know. But why I, would I you ever girl. tell the person that sees you naked? Why would you ever point out? your flaws to them well I, the other piece too is that do you really think that you have changed the way that you look from yesterday to today <laughs> really yes, i really do seriously <laughs> you think there's like a like there's some metamorphosis like okay i feel like so, we covered this ground i uh, get it okay all right okay <laughs> okay that was good that was good okay. you guys um just rewind that and replay it again Okay. Okay. So the other one. There's more? Yeah, there is one more. Number two is once you have actually made an omelet, (laughs) you've put it on the plate, okay, and then you take the frying pan, okay, Mm -hmm. you don't fill it with water and put it back on the stove. Yes, you do. It's soaking. It's Yeah, but the point is, is that at the end of the day, you can see a trail of, of 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 the preparation of the meal all the way through to the table. You're breaking up, honey. I think we're losing right. the signal. Anyway, so. okay. I only have one. Really? Because you're so perfect. Thank you. My one is you brush your teeth like you're mad at them. <laughs> they never did anything to you. They are there for you. And you brush your teeth like you're so mad at them. And I always think, is he mad at me about something? <laughs> do we do we need to talk? 
but look how shiny they no, are. No, you can't brush your teeth like they're, that you're angry at them. Deal? Well, deal. Okay. All okay. right. Moving on. Okay. So one more lightning round, unless you, unless you have any more that you want to add. We are not being speedy in our lightning round. It's more like a slow rolling thunder gotcha. round. Gotcha. But it's the last one. Okay. What have we let go of? We've talked about this a little bit, but we've been married for a bit. I've been in love with you for a good long while. What have we let go of? Um, I think pride. And I, I would say, so I think mm-hmm. that both of us were very prideful of our opinions, of the way we did things. We've realized that that, that is something that can really hold you back as a couple you know, in a relationship. So I think if there's one thing that we have done a very good job of letting go of, it's been pride. You know mm-hmm. what I said? What's- I said setting our ego aside. So re- ego, yeah. pride. Yeah, I totally agree. And as someone who's prideful, like it's almost... You know, there's a little part of my lizard brain that like bucks up a little bit at that, but it's so true. Yeah. It's everything. And that and realizing that not every problem can be solved. This is so huge. Can I throw a shout out to Tilly? Because Tilly helped me like through so many things that we do in the health and wellness world and the personal development world. She helped me crystallize something that I've never really been able to crystallize very well. And I employ it in our relationship all the time. And I had been, but I didn't have the words for it. And it's just that. There's so much room for gray. Like you're so taught or conditioned to think that things are black and white. But as it turns out, conflicting realities can exist. They can coexist. So we, we recently had a discussion. I honestly don't even remember what it was about. We were, we were on a walk together and I said, you know what? We're having one of those moments where you are having your experience. It's, it was about a third party issue. It wasn't Mm -hmm. even us, but it was affecting us. And I said, you are having your experience. And it is a hundred percent valid. And I'm over here having a different experience and it is a hundred percent valid. Like we were both experiencing something and we were both entitled to have our own experience of it. And we don't have to align the two, especially when it's not our issue. Do you remember? I mean, again, I really seriously don't remember the topic. I just remember that it came up very recently. And, and it is that truth that conflicting realities can coexist. And now if that's your, if that's your norm, I think that's a problem. You can have a situation that you disagree on and you can still coexist in that disagreement even Mm -hmm. because you're experiencing it differently. You are two different people. And I always wanted, I actually think we both want this. We always wanted to end up in perfect harmony where somebody was right, or we found a reality we could both agree with. And sometimes it's okay to just not resolve every single thing. Not every single thing is neat and tidy. No. And I think that um, you sometimes need one resolution, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to be 100% in agreement on what that resolution is. Life just isn't neat and tidy, and it's not always going to be wrapped up with a bow. And when I realize that I'm not always going to get my way, and you realize you're not always going to get your way, and sometimes you just have to let things fall where they fall and then keep rolling. Mm -hmm. Am I just completely hashing that? Well, no, and I think it's, uh, you know, we have this beautiful dog, and uh, she's a, she's kind of a collie mix. I think some of you have seen the picture of her. Zara, on, the yeah. wonder dog. You can see her on Instagram. Yes. So she is a herder, and she, I feel sometimes that we try to be like Zara, where we need to herd everybody's opinion into this tight little circle that is our own. 
Um, and, and I see yeah, if you, if you ever watch Zara trying to herd anything is she gets really frustrated if, if, if she can't get all the pieces, it's, it's a major <laughs> a frustration. Squirrel. Yes. It's frustrating for her. Um, and I think that in human relationships and in, uh, in, in our interactions with each other, there's a, we feel a need to herd people's opinions to the central point, which is our opinion. And I think that that is actually a, a very dangerous place that we kind of put ourselves, especially in relationships, because what happens at the end is, honestly, relationships can become pretty boring. Having having discussions and talking about it maturely is what having a great relationship is all, um, is all about. Yeah, it's not always easy. And sometimes it's not even fun. But I have grown so much more through my relationship with you. I mean, obviously, this is so obvious that it's almost dumb to say it, but I've grown so much more as a human being in my relationship with you than I have in any other area of my life. And, and it's not like, it's hard. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to use those muscles. <laughs> it is. It's absolutely hard. And I feel, I feel exactly the same way. I, I think what I'm proudest of for us is how hard we have worked and continue to work on us and not in some cheesy kind of way, but because it's a, almost a sense of survival because we know that it makes our life better going forward. And, yeah. that, and, and that's what the critical piece is. I mean, if you work on things like money and you work on things like relationships and the kids, and when you start to see just a little movement in the right direction, it feels really good. And that's what I think, you know, getting to the end result, there is no such thing in life as an end result. You don't get to a finishing line. Um, the finish line is when they kind of lower you in the ground. This is a journey and it's a journey that is complicated. It's difficult. And we all need to kind of take a breath sometimes to realize that there isn't some brass ring at the end of this thing that everybody's going to be given. It's at the end, a feeling of satisfaction that you have really kind of cracked the code of what it's like to be on that journey. That's the most important piece. So all those cliches are true. They really are. They are. And, and I think that people get really frustrated that things are not working out for them. Um, especially you see, you know, younger folks going through relationships and they're trying to sprint to some conclusion. And it's like, it's not a sprint. It's just not a sprint. And if you should kind of take a breath and enjoy the journey, cause it's a hell of a journey and one that you can really enjoy. The angst, the love, the the achievement that you can both achieve. Um, the passion. Uh, the passion that you bring together. Those are the pieces that really make marriage worthwhile. Can I give you some words of affirmation? Really? What? It's one of my love languages, apparently. So go ahead. You're really good at this. <laughs> Guys, isn't he really good at this? Okay. If you think he's really good at this, then I will post this show, obviously, with a post on Instagram, and you guys can comment there. I love you so much. I love you too, honey. Thank you for inviting me on. Today's show is brought to you by you. That's right. We're listener supported. If you've ever asked how to support the show, wherever you are in the world, this is how. You can put a tip in the tip jar at patreon.com, the On Air with Ella page. That's patreon.com slash On Air with Ella. Listeners give everything from a dollar or a pound to more. That one dollar, that one pound may not be much to you, but when you all come together, it adds up and it definitely helps offset the cost of producing the show and hosting the show. So consider becoming a patron today. Details can be found in the show notes. I always put a link in there or at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, on air with Ella. Thanks, guys. 
Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com, where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.